Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Stephanie. And together, we're bringing healthy back. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to Guess What? Episode 8 of the Bringing Healthy Back podcast. I can't believe that this is where we're at. I mean, eight is not a huge number, but this has been so much fun and it's really flown by. So I just want to welcome you guys all here today. We have an amazing topic that we're talking about. We are talking to a very good friend of ours, an amazing leader, and a mom of five kids and a registered nurse. She does it all. She's got much experience and she's going to be sharing a lot of that with us today. So I just want to welcome Lauren Egger. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Yay. We have so much fun. So Stephanie and I are going to talk a little bit about some of our, because we're talking about pregnancy. So we're going to talk a little bit about our experiences with pregnancy. And then we have some great questions to give to Lauren to just kind of help you guys see how you can have a healthier and happier pregnancy and baby. So Steph, you have had like quite the polar opposite experiences with your pregnancies. And I just, I think it's like amazing. I can't wait for you to tell people about your different pregnancies. So go ahead, take it from here. Yeah, it's actually kind of interesting. Um, thank you for the introduction. And um, my first pregnancy, I was very young. I got pregnant at 16. Um, I was eating like a teenager. Um, I went to every lunch period at school and I would get um, ice cream sandwiches. It's one of the things I craved. Um, the ones with the, like the cookies with the chocolate chips around the outside. Um, I just ate and ate and ate, ate whatever I wanted, drank Mountain Dew pop. Didn't know that Mountain Dew was like the highest in caffeine. No clue about nutrition. I packed down, packed on 40 pounds. Um, my doctor kept telling me that he was like worried that, you know, she was going to be low birth weight. Um, I was around a lot of like secondhand smoke and my friends Um, and she came out six pounds, seven ounces. So she was, you know, a little on the smaller side, a tiny bit below average, but I had gained 40 pounds. So it was all over me. It didn't really get to her. She wasn't taking in the nutrients. And then fast forward 10 years later, I got pregnant with my son, way more health conscious, really kept track of what I was eating. I was working out every single day. I gained between 20 and 25 pounds, um, and was focused on my health. I still ate the treats, but not, not nearly like, you know, I wasn't drinking pop, washed my caffeine intake, all of that stuff. I gained 25 pounds with him and he was nine pounds, one ounce. He took all of that nutrition, um, all of the health that I was trying to feed him And he is very healthy now, even to this day, um, you know, just tall for his age and, um, doing well. So it really does go to show how you treat your body in pregnancy and how, you know, the baby's birth weight, uh, you know, what you're eating and stuff affects that. Yeah. That's amazing. A lot of people don't correlate that, that, Yes, you're getting calories and yes, your stomach may be full, but you're, you're starving yourself with nutrients, which then is all the baby cares about. The baby doesn't care about the calories per se, or the, or the, how big your stomach is filled. They care about the nutrients. And in your first one, you weren't eating any nutrients. And the second one, you were still having fun, but at least giving the baby nutrients. So huge difference. And I have a similar story 
but mine are with my two children that we gained through adoption versus my biological children. And the two children that I gained through adoption, they're birth mothers and no fault of their own because my son's birth mom was 14. So she was a young girl, same exact situation, hot Cheetos, Mountain Dew, you know, the teenage dream food, right? And then my, my daughter's birth mother lives not in a place where healthy food is accessible. And so she ate what she could, right? Um, and I believe smoked during her pregnancy. And so there was a drastic difference and they were both five pounds, like a five pounds and seven, five pounds and 10 ounces. They also were both almost an entire month early because of the issues that they had to take the baby early. One ended up in a C-section and the other one actually went through labor, but they both had to have the babies early. Uh, my oldest, because he was not growing fast enough. And so they felt that he would thrive better out of the womb than in the womb. And then the second one, they took her early because the, uh, her birth mom was having such issues with her pregnancy. So, um, both of those situations, and then you take my, my pregnancies, I gained 60 pounds with all three of mine, 60 pounds each, not total 60 pounds. <laughs> And um, I had eight pound, seven pound babies. And, and I wasn't super health conscious either, but I wasn't drinking pop and I wasn't doing fast food. I just was eating a lot. Like with Anthony, I did a rack of ribs once or twice a week, no problem. Like I just was eating to have fun. And so there's a drastic difference there um, in those pregnancies. And so when you kind of take a look at that, it is extremely eye-opening. And I don't think that every mom really pays attention to that um, when they're going into pregnancy. So Lauren, we're going to get to you. I know Stephanie's got a burning question and, and um, one that we're super excited. I have questions, so let's get to it. Um, we know, so I want to really focus on um, Juice Plus today in pregnancy, which is the topic we're going to lead into now. Um, and the major differences in juice plus babies and, um, moms that just took a prenatal. Um, so we know that juice plus did a study with pregnant women and in pregnancy, can you tell us about it and, um, like how many participants were involved and what the differences were? Yes. Okay. So first of all, I want to say that your skin, both of you is just glowing. You look beautiful. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Okay. And I love to hear your birth stories. I feel like I could just sit around and hear birth stories. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Don't you love saying your birth yes. story? I love feel like it. there's something to it, like feeling so empowered, um, just being a mom. So incredible. So yes. Um, so Dr. Odom, so Juice Plus actually didn't do this study. Juice Plus does have 42 clinical studies, which are all amazing. Um, this study happened to be done by an OBGYN studying Juice Plus on 178 of his patients. Um, he took half the group, half of them took juice plus and half of them took a placebo and just a prenatal. And I think it was a, wasn't it 178 of each? Was it 178 of each? I think it was 178 yes. that just yes. took a prenatal so and good. one that took juice plus Thank and a prenatal. You, yeah. It has been 14 years. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, good. Thank you. Um, and yes, his results were 
amazing. Like, I feel like the results, you know, you think every OBGYN and midwife would have Juice Plus in their office, but the problem is that they don't really know about it. Um, so his results were um, the, par the moms who took Juice Plus had no preterm births, no preeclampsia, no admissions to the NICU, the neonatal intensive care unit, and no respiratory distress syndrome. 1% um, uh, had low birth weight and 47% ended up in C-sections. These were the moms who took Juice, juice Plus. And the moms who didn't, they had preterm birth, 4%, uh, preeclampsia, 21% of, of those patients, 12% had low birth weight, 21% were admitted to the NICU. I don't know about you, but after you have your baby, it is, you don't even understand how you're going to feel as a mom. You just want to take that baby and go home yes. and keep it safe. Like all I hear is the moms, like I have chills literally of moms taking their babies to the NICU because I can't even imagine that situation. Yeah. Um, it's so hard. I think the one, the preeclampsia one really stands out to me like 21%. I don't know. You know, we put numbers on everything, but I don't think people really realize how many pregnancies that is that 21% of pregnancy or the pregnancy studied on Juice Plus didn't have preeclampsia and preeclampsia is a big deal. Like that's, that's intense. Right. I love that you say that too, because um, not always, not always overweight um, moms are preeclamptic, but usually that is the correlation. So the fact that um, by taking Juice Plus, he found that 0%, none of his patients were preeclamptic. Um, amazing super amazing and then his c-section rate was with the moms who didn't take it was 66 percent. that's high that's that is also america yeah yeah c-sections are becoming like the thing to do and and people aren't realizing stephanie and i were talking about this yesterday how important the going through the vagina is for the baby there's so much goodness that comes out of that right. for our babies and C-sections, I mean, if you absolutely have to do it, go for it. But when you don't have to, that's a major, major thing to avoid. Now, listen, as a nurse and mom of five, all right, your kids have been Juice Plus babies and have been on Juice Plus through, what, uh, 12 years, right? Yes. Womb to, to the earth. Womb to the earth. <laughs> I love it. So, like, how have you seen Juice Plus comparatively benefit your family the last 12 years? Yes. So I started taking it when I was five weeks pregnant with Brady. So about 13 years ago and um, my prenatal for all my kids. And I just found that there's so many things that are so common now and they're just become a new, a new normal. And I just, we didn't have any of that. They were born healthy babies, high APGAR scores, took them home, you know, ear infection, asthma, eczema, you know, it, these things, or the colic as infants, we didn't have that. They just ate and slept like they should. One thing I will say too, that was really interesting that um, I felt like I was pretty young with my oldest and it didn't even really click. Um, but they always commented on my um, the umbilical cord and how thick and juicy it was, and it's just all, it's just known that Juice Plus babies, when us moms talk, that they have really healthy umbilical cords. 
And my midwife on one of my babies, she told me, she said, you wouldn't believe that some of the umbilical cords, what they look like, they're thin and stringy and the babies have lower FGAR scores. And they're, you know, she's like, I don't even know how these babies have survived. And it's just so sad to me because a lot of times, most of the times, I, you know, moms don't know that they should be eating a better diet or eating more nourishing foods. They don't know about Juice Plus and they just simply don't know. And it is said that it is more important for what you eat during your pregnancy than your, the child's rest of its life. Because there's billions or trillions of biochemical reactions happen, happening every single second. And everything, you know, if you're eating nourishing foods, your cells know. If you're eating damaging foods, your cells know. And your baby knows um, in the womb. So we can't get the word out fast enough. Yeah. Maria, you had um, mentioned a little bit about the premature births for you, um, which was accounted for 20% of um, the non-juice plus babies. So can you touch on that a little bit? Lauren. Tell us a little bit about your story with that. With what, what one now? Tell me. The premature births. Oh, yes, yes. So the premature births were, were both of my um, adopted children. They both had to go in early. Um, like I said, the first one was, it was very interesting. I remember I got to go to the doctor's appointments with um, my older son and he, there was a period of time, you know, you go and you see they're getting bigger and their weights winning put on and all you're like so excited. And then I remember going to the visit and the weight didn't change. And it was like, wait, I thought you were supposed to be getting bigger. And the doctor was like, oh, let's just keep an eye on it. And then his weight went up a little bit, but not like what it should. And then that was when she had made the decision. And I was, I had never even been pregnant, right? So I really was just totally out of this, had no idea. And um, I was so scared. I was like, what do you mean? Why you got to take this baby early? But they knew that out of the womb, some babies would thrive better. And so they took him early um, and he had jaundice and a lot of different issues, you know, that we had to, to deal with in the hospital. And then the opposite end of the story was um, my, my other adopted child, her birth mom um, was obese and um, had preeclampsia and was diabetic. And, um, you know, just, it was a danger to her health to stay pregnant. And also obviously for my daughter as well. So they took her early, she ended up in a C-section, um, which again, missed out on all that goodness going through the canal. So both in both of them, my daughter ended up with RSV at three months in the hospital, scariest thing in my entire life. Um, thought she was gonna die at three months, it was horrible. And my son has had just a numerous of issues like, you know, with ADHD and Asperger's and all these different things. And so I can't say that it directly resulted from that, but, you know, anytime you take a baby out of the womb too early, Lauren, do you like, there's a lot that gets missed in those last few weeks, right? Yeah. It's funny because I don't remember exactly what happens every week in the last weeks, but during my nursing rotation, I will never forget. I wasn't pregnant yet. And I said, Oh my gosh, there's so many things that happen even at 38, 39 and 40. It was ingrained in my brain that I did not ever want to have a baby too soon because of all that happens and is still developing while you're pregnant. So, 
super important to, you know, try to do everything we can to just have term babies. And what's interesting is that we have this theory that 40 weeks is term Mm -hmm. and doctors get all usually bent out of shape. Like, you know, you need to have the baby by 40 weeks or a little bit after, but really 42 weeks is not uncommon. Some babies just need to be cooked a little longer or, you know, from when they were conceived. And so it's not uncommon to go further and nobody needs to panic. That's so good that you said that because with my first pregnancy, he was a week and a half over. And I remember like feeling, I know it's going to sound awful, but I'm, we're honest on this. I was like, get this baby out of me. I just, right. Like I was sick of being fat. I was sick of being swollen. I just wanted that baby out of me. And, um, but you know, like if I would have known, if I would have heard you say that, that would have been in my mind to be relaxed, let the baby cook a little bit longer, let him come out when he wants. And so that's really important. I'm glad that you said that. Yeah. So how did it go for you though? Did it, did your water break or did you go into labor? No, I, it was a week and a half and they did induce me. Um, and it was a very long labor. I want to say I was in labor for like 28 hours, something like that. It was long. It was miserable, but he ended up being eight pounds. I forget eight pounds, some odd ounces, very healthy, no problems, but it would have just eased my mind to understand, to not be in such a rush to get the baby out. I hear you. I Um, agree with that. Yeah. That reminds me of my tutor. Actually, I'll bring her up from one of my daughter. She's pregnant with her second and she's traumatized from her first uh, birth because she came in at 42 weeks and they made her feel like so bad. They literally said, I can't believe you waited this long. And now there's a possibility of the baby not even making it. And this is what they're telling her. She said she was a wreck. So they said the baby's going to be huge. And they end up like, you know, forcing her, like telling she you had a C-section right now. And she did. And the baby came out like, it was under eight pounds, like right under. And so now she's pregnant. She's due pretty soon. And she's trying really hard to do a VBAC and she's all empowered. And so that goes, but she feels the same way about the 42 weeks. And it's just a shame that they scare you so, so much into delivering. Or the, like Stephanie and I were talking about yesterday, the whole convenience factor so that the doctor's schedule is scheduled. They'll schedule these C-sections, which that's a whole nother topic for a conversation. But it that, really is because they did that with my first. They were trying to hurry me up because he was going on vacation. <laughs> I can't even. Oh my goodness. I, it, like it, it bothers me. And even no. when I was privy to that information um, of, a, of a certain doctor doing that, um, I didn't put two and two together at the time. I've learned so much since then. Um, but that's why I think it's so important for us to be having this discussion to let people know, um, not to let your doctor push you into that, not to be concerned if you've gone past 40 weeks, mm-hmm. not to try and have the baby on a schedule. Um, our bodies, you know, there, there's intervention medicine that is absolutely necessary. And that, and you know, that needs to be discussed also C-sections are here to save lives, but they also shouldn't be used as a convenience for people. 
Um, like we said, the importance of the baby going through the birth canal, um, is, is crucial. And, you know, if it can't happen, you know, uh, saving the baby is better than losing the baby and trying to force it through the canal. So we're not saying that, but we're saying majority here with the birth of babies, um, you know, that your body really does know what it's doing. It was designed that way. God made us to have these babies. And, you know, if, if emergency intervention, you know, needs to be taken, obviously there's nothing to feel bad about with that, but yeah. And also I'd like to say for all of you women that are afraid your JJ is going to get stretched. It goes mm-hmm. back. Okay. <laughs> it so does. Don't be stressing about it. God made everything perfect. He knows yes. what he's doing. No man yeah. is going to complain. Okay. No. I remember when I was pregnant, when I was, uh, 16, there was a friend, a a male friend of mine that told me that my vagina was never going to be the same. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, that's it. It goes back again. (laughs) God made our bodies to do that. It's it doesn't stay the size of your baby's head. Like, (laughs) amen. Elasticity people. Come on. I want to go back to, um, the doctor's course in you though, because that's what happened with my first. And if I wasn't like who I was, I feel like, like, you're not going to course me into something. <laughs> and I, I was a nurse, I was a new nurse. So I was just, you know, working with doctors. So I, I don't know. I just felt very like comfortable with just telling him no, but I could see how many women are coursed into it. I mean, he was relentless trying to get me on schedule to come in and be induced because he was going on vacation. He even the one, when I came back at 40 weeks, he's like, I can't believe you're here. I stripped your membranes last week. I was like, what? You didn't, no wonder it hurts so bad. You didn't even tell me. What? So after this situation, which was, it actually ended up being fine because I delivered, ended up delivering within four hours, all my babies from the time my water broke at home. So I delivered was around four hours, but, um, a different doctor had delivered our oldest and I switched to midwives after. And, oh, that's a whole other experience too. I'd always recommend a midwife if you can. That's They're awesome. just special people. Like my last midwife, she literally stayed with me the whole time. Like I walked up to the unit and I said, and she had to go to lunch with her son. And I said, okay, you know, we'll see you in a little bit. And she's like, you know, I'm just going to stay with you. I'm like, really? Wow. <laughs> she literally just stayed with me the whole time. Now I did end up delivering within an hour. So good thing she did. <laughs> she knew. <laughs> like, Baby she number four, you know, I'm convinced yeah, I did. Um, I don't know if you'd call it hypnosis. They call it hip hypnosis. What is it called? Hypnosis birthing. Well, anyways, I just repeated a mantra in my head every day and did deep breathing. And I swear by it. I just said, God designed my baby, designed my body to birth this baby naturally. And I will, because I had always wanted to have a natural birth and I finally did it with my last. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, without an epidural. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, I want to just run back to the juice plus study though, because I feel like sometimes we talk numbers and people don't truly understand, but there's, okay. So like this number, you hear it and it's going to pass by you and be like, whatever. So the juice plus babies were on average, a half a pound more at birth than babies who were not on it. Stephanie, your, your back and forth of your pregnancies really showed this, like 
it was more than a half a pound. It was a lot, but, um, let's talk a little bit more about that. You guys, like, why is the weight so important? Why is this such a big deal? And, and where is the difference at? How come the juice plus babies weighed more? So let's chat about that. Who wants to go in? It's, I, I can definitely, yeah, since I experienced it, um, you, while well, we touched on it and it, it's a nutrient factor. So, um, babies know what they need, quote unquote, your body knows what the baby needs. So when I was eating all of the junk, um, my, my fat cells were expanding. It was going on to, you know, my hips and my arms and my legs. Um, it was like, she knew she didn't want to be a part of that. <laughs> she didn't want the sugar. She didn't want the junk. She want the processed foods and processed oils and, and all the, all the crap. Um, and when I was flooding my body with all of the nutrients with my, you know, knowing better with my second, um, they just, they absorb all of that. They just suck it up. They're like little nutrient vacuums. Um, it's just like how, how our bodies know what nutrients we need from the food we eat pregnant or not pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, we're going to absorb vitamins in their natural form from, from whole foods, the best, our bodies know the best way to absorb nutrients, um, from all of the, the micronutrients, the macronutrients, vitamins, minerals, all of that stuff. We know what we need. Our cells know what they need and what they need to absorb. Um, and my, you know, with my first pregnancy, I would just carried all of the excess stuff on my own body. Um, yeah baby knew she didn't need it. Yeah. Right. Lauren, can you talk a little bit about how juice plus is different than, you know, unfortunately, because it's in the, a bottle like this and it's in a capsule, a lot of people think right away supplement, right? But it's not. And can you talk a little bit about what makes juice plus different and why juice plus probably made this big of a difference in the baby's weight? Yeah. So, well, juice plus is like the Mercedes Benz of a prenatal <laughs> I love that. And in your life, right? Just, it's the Mercedes Benz and, um, it just is, it just, it's, um, has a food label. So it's not a supplement. So you are just eating more fruits and vegetables and berries. Um, but I love that there's 19 clinical studies showing that you absorb juice plus that it's bioavailable. So you know that your body's absorbing it. And then, you know, your baby is absorbing that as well. So I feel like that is just a really big deal. And I also love, um, it has folate because again, it's just food. There's no folic acid in there. And when you're pregnant, you want to be careful. You don't want to be consuming folic acid. It can cause like birth defects and issues. So you always want to um, make sure you're only getting folate, which is super important for the baby's health and development as well. Um, but I always recommend taking Juice Plus when anybody is pregnant and just, to, I actually took two um, of the doses. So I took four capsules of each and the omegas were not out yet at the time. So I would just drink flax oil every day Wow. Like two tablespoons for all of them. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's nutrients, it's food. It's, it's what our body needs. And I don't want to go past the NICU percentage either guys. Like 
not having to have your babies in the NICU unit is amazing. And so none of the Juice Plus babies had to be admitted into the NICU, none of them. 10% of the non-Juice Plus babies were admitted into the NICU for a various of reasons, obviously. But I mean, not only are we talking about a healthcare savings cost, because gosh, is it expensive yeah. to have your baby in the NICU, you take away the most important time to have skin-on-skin -skin interaction with your children. That, that is essential for bonding and, and for their health. Um, but just the stress of the baby to be in a NICU unit is terrible. Yeah. So like that, that part of the study blew me away too. I couldn't believe that 10% is a big number. That's what 17. Yeah. 17. Yep. Yeah. That's huge. Well, so, and 10,000 babies are born a day. Right. And how many people are on juice plus? <laughs> Right. Got a lot of people that we got to reach out to and get this. We're and not even necessarily juice plus, but like that are eating unhealthy, right? There's a lot of things that contribute to NICU visits. So um did that, I mean, obviously I'm sure it did. Did that just really hit home with you guys too, that study for the NICU? Absolutely. I know for me, well, when I saw all those zeros in the column, I was thinking, well, why wouldn't every, you know, pregnant mom want to take juice plus. Um, and what I know when I know people who have gone through their struggles of being in the NICU, it is so hard. I mean, they have support groups for it because it's that hard. And I know one of my neighbors, um, kid who was in the NICU just recently has, um, how do you say it? Torticollis, you know, when their neck is, you know, just moved over to the side because they weren't ever, turning the baby. Isn't that so sad? And I didn't work in a NICU. I worked in the neuro ICU. So, you know, we always had to turn our patients every two hours. So I don't even know if there is a protocol in the NICU to turn the babies every two hours, but that is absurd. Now she's going to PT. Um, for a three month old. Right. So, yes, I mean, I feel that we have taken a completely normal, natural, thing, you know, that God designed our bodies to do is just birth a baby. And we've turned it into this whole medical procedure from the time you walk in to have your baby and your IVs and in the gown and the whole thing, right. It's just inducing you. Yeah. It's not, it's not the way now, if you need to do that and go that route, I mean, of course, you know, it's not perfect all the time. And sometimes you might need that, but overall just to focus on a well-balanced diet and exercising and drinking a lot of water and, you know, taking juice plus so much could be avoided. Yeah. And to kind of piggyback on the, the NICU part, cause this has a little bit to do with it. Um, the statistic about the respiratory distress sy uh, syndrome, none of the juice plus babies were diagnosed with that. Um, but to tie in with that, they've also done a study on the effects of juice plus on the lungs um, and lung function, just in general, not for babies, but just for humans. Um, and it does amazing things. So it makes sense when, when I saw this, I was like, wow, that's, you know, something that people do worry about is, um, you know, lung issues, especially if a baby is born prematurely, but, um, 
the fact that none of the babies had any respiratory issues. I'm like, okay, well that makes that actually it's, it's amazing. It actually makes a lot of sense with the other lung studies that they've done. Right. So it's backed up by our clinical research. So another good point I just thought of a lot of people could say, well, maybe it was hereditary that I had healthy babies. Well, I was a colicky baby. My husband was a colicky baby. I have celiac. My husband has a vascular issue and I was born and in the hospital for two weeks after for breathing issues and having fluid around my lungs. So absolutely not hereditary. What is that awesome saying that we always talk about when it comes to genes? Genes, genes load your gun and diet and lifestyle pulls the trigger. It's a hundred percent right. I mean, I see it over and over and over again. We could not, that could not be a more true statement. And I wish people really understood how much control they have over disease and sickness. It's so empowering, right? Yeah. No, that that gets me so excited. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know like, um, we got to wrap things up here, but you know, I juice plus we're talking about in pregnancy, but it's important whether you're thinking about getting pregnant, whether you're past pregnancy times like I am, thank you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, whatever, wherever you're at juice plus is key. And with the 42 different studies that have been done on it, it proves it's key for all ways of life, heart health, immune system, Um, You were talking about um, lung, dental. I mean, there's so many studies proving that Juice Plus just helps the quality of life. And so I just want to encourage anybody who's listening or watching, reach out to the person who told you about this podcast or reach out to Lauren, Stephanie, or I, and we can give you more information on it. We can send you samples. We can be here to answer any of your questions because we don't want this to fall on deaf ears and then you just not make us make a commitment to doing something different with your life. We're here to help you. And we just want you to know that that's why we do this is we want to get the information out there. Cause not everybody knows about it. Amen. And one more thing, you know, how I used to think, Oh my God, wouldn't it be so amazing if there was a program in every OBGYN office and midwife's office that focus on nutrition and health. Well, we have it. We, that's what we do. So we even have like meal plans for pregnant moms. And I mean, at the same time, what you're eating when you're pregnant is really the lifestyle you should be living always. Um, but we're here to help and help you get started on juice plus and just answer your questions and walk alongside you. And just remember healthy mamas, healthy babies. Absolutely. That's thank a great you so way much, Lauren. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. We had so much fun with you. Oh and gosh, again, you. if you love the show and you listen to it all the way through, please subscribe, share with somebody and leave us a five-star review. Thank you guys.